Hello, it's Ken Taylor, and we've got some guests today on this podcast. We're at our boot camp in Roseville, California, uh, courtesy of our wonderful partners, Work Truck Solutions, and one of our favorite people, Claudia. Hi. Hey. <laughs> Thank you, Ken, for having us here. It's been an awesome week. Oh, we've enjoyed it so much, and we've got a great group. That makes it so much easier. So. We're doing our special section on, uh, we've done this a second time now at a boot camp, where we're having the participants come up, introduce themselves, ask a question, and then I am going to try, no guarantees, I'm going to try to answer the question. So if you're ready, here we go. Hey, Ken, thanks for having us. Um, I'm Chris with uh, Folsom Chevrolet, and... I've been in commercial sales for years, but uh, I'm back in the business now and have shifted gears with this brand. I was with a different brand before. Can you offer any insight or advice on anything I should take into consideration, especially? Yeah, I definitely can. Uh, First, when you're new to a brand or new to that dealership, try to pick all the low-hanging fruit off the ground. That means uh, service but not sold. We found in every dealership at least 20% of the vehicles were bought someplace else on the commercial side. So that's an easy call to make just to say, hey, thank you so much for doing service with us and would love to step by uh, or stop by and introduce you guys to our networking program. So we'd like to use that networking program as our lead-in. I'd like to pick up about uh, you know a dozen of your business cards. Uh, I keep those with me at all times. And uh, I'm just assuming that you guys are looking to grow your business. Is that correct? So great way to start is with people who already know, like, and trust you. And we always start with a service but not sold list. That's a great place to start. And, again, 20%. So you're going to have probably 20 or 30 potential clients to start with who already like the dealership or, and, or they wouldn't be servicing with you. By the way, when we talk about our vendor referral program where we ask them about their vendors – even though they haven't bought a truck because they're using service, the second part of that sales call would be a service review. How are we doing? Oh, you guys are great. Uh, super. Anything we could do better? Oh, no, no, no. You guys are doing a great job. We're great. And then we start asking, how many vendors do you have? So you can get additional referrals out of that very simple call. So that would be your starting point. Got it. Make sense? Yes. Thank, Thank you. you. Good morning. My name is Craig Sauer with Performance Chevrolet. Uh, my question is, um, if you get a customer that wants an upfit and possibly another brand or another dealership has that upfit, is there a way to try to sway them into waiting for an upfit to get there? Uh, absolutely, yes, there is. Uh, and it's through the questioning process. And we've had, and the reason I say that, we've actually had this situation, Craig, where. Um, we have to ask them, we have to be very clear on their expectations first. And one of the first questions, obviously, is a lot of people say, well, how soon do you need it? And that's a bad question because they're going to say, right now. <laughs> that's what they're going to tell you. Um, and the right question to ask is, uh, to get the right truck to you, it might take a little bit longer, but, and then you do value adds. Here's what we're going to be able to do for you. And we'll give them some value adds. The value add might be, the fact that uh, you know we're going to give them a service discount, and we, I'm going to be giving uh, Thursday. I'm going to be giving a sales service uh, program in uh, Columbia, Missouri, and one of the things we're talking about in that program is how discounts can help sway and help 
keep them to you because they like those discounts. And we want every commercial service department to have special discounts for the commercial. So that discounts will help. Uh, the more powerful you built that relationship, the more they know, like, and trust you, that will also help. So make sure that you've got that level of trust way up there. But think about those discounts. Great. That Thank helps you. Keep you. I appreciate it. Sure. Hi, Ken. I'm Greg Fontes at hey. Bakersfield, California. My man, Greg. With Motor City. <laughs> um, I've been selling retail for about 20 years now, and I'm uh, in the commercial part for about 30 days. Now, what do you think would be the most important thing for me to do to get started? Uh, probably forget everything you ever learned in retail. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kind of kidding. There's a lot of great things on the retail side. Uh, you know what's interesting, uh, Greg, the, the best, some of the best commercial guys that we know were great retail guys because uh, we find out they're very relationship-oriented. And you're that way, I can tell. You're a relationship guy. If I said, Greg, look back over some of your best customers, what was it that allowed them to come back to you again and again? Oh, it was follow-up. <clears throat> follow-up. Thank you. And that's one of your strengths. So it's the same way on this side of the business. Uh, I tell a story I told you guys yesterday about a dealership that came to one of my seminars. I sent out all my thank you cards, and I got a call from that dealership a week later saying, can you come in and work with us? And I said, sure, uh, what brought you to that uh, conclusion? He said, it was your thank you card. He said, I haven't gotten a thank you card in 15 years. So your follow-up's going to set you apart. And uh, the biggest thing I can tell you is slow down. <laughs> On the retail side, it's kind of a, I've got to try to sell you while you're there because we're driving that traffic into the oh, store. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Ours is a reverse. I'm going to you, and the harder I try to get you to buy right then, the more resistance you're going to give me because a business owner has been inoculated. And by inoculated, I mean they've had so many salespeople try to sell them stuff that they know all the tricks. <laughs> Suddenly, they have a guy that comes in that's slowing down, building relationship, and asks them a whole series of questions about their business. On the flash drive we just gave you, there's a first call guide form, and it'll really guide you in that first call process. So the biggest thing I can tell you is slow down, enjoy the moment. It's kind of zen, but enjoy the moment, and know that the more powerful relationship you build, that will take care of the sales process. Sounds great. Thank you. Super. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Good morning, Ken. Joey! Hey, good morning, sir. Give us a little bit about you, a little bit of background. I'm Joey Boney. I'm also from uh, Motor City Buick GMC in Bakersfield, California. Um, my question is, since we're talking a little bit about marketing today, uh, more from an individual standpoint, because our dealership's involved in uh, print, TV, radio, right. social media, uh, but from you know an individual salesperson perspective, what would be the one platform that you would suggest to f you know, focus most of your efforts on, whether it be okay. Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, yeah. you know, something like that? Yeah, we got a call coming in, so uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Great question, really good question. Uh, we recommend three things for the individual to get started. Number one, uh, most dealerships don't have a fleet and commercial fan page. We advocate that even for the individuals because... 
as you as you do start selling vehicles, one of the things you'll want to do is put a photo every time you sell a truck. You want to put it up on Facebook or your fan page. The other thing, and this is incredible, I have done this so many times and it works out really well. In fact, we'll show you one of them today. Uh, a picture that will be on one of the photos that we show you is a guy who is the son of an owner of a pool and spa company. We made the sales call. Uh, it, in fact, it was at, at McGrath Auto. And at the end of the sales call, I asked the young man a question. I said, would you allow us to help promote your business? And that's the first time we'd ever met him. So I'm asking the guy, would you allow us to help promote your business? And you know my rule, never ask a question unless you like the answer. <laughs> and he said, well, yeah, how are you going to do that? I said, let's do a quick video of you talking about your products and service, your company. Make sure you mention a phone number or contact information. And then we're going to post that on our fan page with your permission. And it was amazing. This, this person had never bought a truck. He went straight to his dad, and he said, Dad, these guys are incredible. Here's what they're doing for us. And we sold them their next truck. But we went the extra mile. We added value, and it's really about adding value. On your LinkedIn page, uh, we're going to give you a lot of hints today about how to use LinkedIn. We think LinkedIn is one of the most powerful tools you can use on a personal basis. There should be a corporate commercial LinkedIn site, but you should have your individual site. And we're going to uh, tell you how to grow that and how to turn it into a sales tool. The third thing is YouTube. So you have a commercial site, but don't be afraid to do things personally on YouTube. We live in a video world, and uh, YouTube has a great owner. Do you know who owns YouTube? Google. Okay. You talk about search engine optimization. That's the way to do it. So, and plus video. And uh, you probably need to come up with a brand. Okay, we're going to talk about personal branding today. Perfect. So that'll be good. So think about those three things. YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, free. Uh, you can do paid versions of it, but you can go free, and you can get great results out of it. Awesome. Thank you. Super. Thank you. My man. Good morning, Ken. Good morning, Kevin. So my name's Kevin. I'm from King Chevrolet, Buick and GMC in northern Colorado. And my question for you is that we have a very small fleet inventory at our dealership. Yeah. And so I just wondered, what do you recommend that I do to overcome this? Make sure you're on work truck solutions. <laughs> <laughs> we get a lot of, uh, we go into dealerships uh, where we tell them the inventory we want. Sometimes they don't want to listen to us completely. Bad for them. And we right away, uh, we require anyway that they, they get on work truck solutions. And if you'll use it effectively, then you can increase your trading partners, you can get more. Uh, also, uh, this is going to sound really strange and nobody ever thinks about this. Keep your dealership uh, informed of all the sales calls you're making. So if you're out in the community and you're building, one of the greatest ways to get dealerships to loosen up on inventory is when they know that you've gotten quotes. And one of the questions we ask always when we're out on the sales call and you had a really good sales call and they warmed up to you, uh, I will say, hey, Kevin, uh, I'd be honored if the next time you are ready to acquire a new or used vehicle, if I could assist you in that process. That's a nice way to ask for a quote. They almost always say yes. You ask how many, when, and what are you going to need. You can go back to the dealership and say, hey, in the last two weeks, I've gotten the right to quote uh, 40 vehicles. And you'll be surprised at how quickly that'll build up. Uh, we don't have the inventory. 
that's another thing that will help uh, for anybody that's reasonable. They're going to say, well, okay, you're doing your job. We're more willing to, to do more. We've had guys that have gotten great results off of just asking for the right to quote, accumulating those quotes, keeping the dealership informed. The worst thing you can do is the dealership not knowing what you're doing because what are they going to assume? You're not doing anything. You're not doing anything. You're at the local bar. You're watching you know, a little NFL football. But if you keep them informed and you've got a detailed list, and there's a tracking form on the flash drive we gave you, if you've got that detailed list, they're going to be much more ready to help and assist and make those orders um, quickly. And I, I want to tell a story real fast. A good friend of mine is a guy named Mike Stubbs. And Mike called me one day. He was at a store in Atlanta that was closing down their commercial department. I called Mike to ask about some referrals on potential sales candidates. And Mike said, what about me? I said, well, Mike, you're a manager. This is a sales position. He said, I don't care. My job's going away. He came on. They had five pieces of inventory on the lot. So Mike started uh, documenting everything he was doing to the dealer principal as far as the calls he was making, what people were going to be needing. Mike's great about asking for the right to quote. And they started buying more inventory. We also say look at your upfitters for their bailment pools. There's a lot of inventory that you can have access to in bailment pools. Not as much as it used to be. So bailment pools are good. That's why it's great to go by personally, meet with the upfitter so they get to know you. You promote them, and you're going to have access to their bailment pools. That's another way to help if you're short on inventory. Biggest thing, prove to your dealership that you're doing your job. They'll have confidence in you, and they're going to be much more willing to order. All right. Make sense? Yeah. Cool. Thanks. Go get them, buddy. And, if, and when you run into trouble, call me. <laughs> Hello, Ken. Brian Fosbender Brian. with uh, Motor City Buick GMC. My question is, you're probably familiar with the non-production issue that GM's having right now with heavy-duty trucks. Yes. So... Maybe for the next six months, we may not have something available for our customers, so we can't go to our trading partners because they won't have it either. How do you handle that customer that is not willing to wait, and they're just going to go to Ford, for instance? Well, one thing I'd like is let's not let them go to Ford. Okay. <laughs> so this is going to sound kind of counterproductive, but trust me, it works. Know your trading partners, even if they won't trade with you, if I can, sometimes I have to lose a sale to gain a sale. So if I know somebody has that truck, uh, then I, I am not opposed to letting them sell it for the long-term relationship, mm -hmm. even giving up the short-term. Uh, that's going to happen. Uh, the other thing we, we try to find out is what is the urgency in this vehicle. If they say they have to have it now, I'm going to ask more questions. Uh, so is it because you don't have that vehicle or, or is that vehicle or you, is this just your trading cycle I want to know if it's their normal trading cycle or that truck broke down if the truck broke down and I can't get it I can't get it um, so that's when we look at some of our trading partners and say hey you know if you have it you know here's a customer you'll be surprised how they honor that relationship more than you think if your trading partners are good solid trading partners that's gonna happen uh, one of the things that we we get on a regular basis, and that oh, that's my phone. Tell the market. Tell whoever's phone that is to put it on vibrate. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, there's another side of this coin too, because the the other question we get, which is probably on your mind, is so if we don't have something, what do we do? 
And I always say sell what you've got. Uh, it's so easy to spot customers who drive certain vehicles. I know if I've got a surplus of vans, plumbers, electricians, florists, uh, lab companies drive smaller vans. I can target companies who have what I've got. And the big mistake people make is they just go out and they call on everybody or they wait for people to come in, and I don't create a market for what I do have in stock. Okay. So don't be afraid to analyze it. And it's amazing how many you'll sell. I had a dealership in my hometown, Jacksonville, Florida, when the reps was out on sales calls, and he came in complaining, I don't, they want what we don't have. I said, do me a favor. I said, grab that writing pad. And we walked out to the main street. And on our way, we were walking by our inventory. I said, what do you see? He said, vans. We've got a lot of vans. I said, let's go out to the street. And we, every time a van goes by, I want you to make a mark. Uh, in about 15 minutes, uh, 52 vans drove by in 15 minutes. I said, if you did nothing but stand out here and write down all those numbers and then call on them, you'd be calling on people that want vans. And he goes, wow. I'm going, pretty simple. Yeah. <laughs> so with your current situation, uh, if you don't have it, you don't have it. And the best thing we can do is do the right thing for our customers. They will remember that. And they'll be more loyal, not less loyal. It's, it sounds crazy, but it really does work. Right. So, Great. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning, Ken. Good morning, David. Good to see you, buddy. I'll see you in a few weeks. I'll see you in a few <laughs> weeks. Uh, I'm Dave Furtado with Central Valley Automotive in Modesto. Uh, my question for you, Ken, was uh, how do I reapproach a customer who's already told me no the first time? Oh. Uh, the first thing I'd, I would want to know is what you did on the first time. <laughs> uh, so let's say I bring some brochures, uh, showed them uh, what we offer. Um, also a CPP program, which uh, offers uh, employee benefits, but he's just not interested. Okay. Uh, why do you think he's not interested? I'm, I'm curious. I know the answer, but you tell me. <laughs> um, you know, maybe you know, I, I really I don't know. Well, I'm going to help you. Uh, outside sales is a process, not an event. When you go on your first call and you hand out brochures, which is okay, you tell them about how great your company is, They've got a shield up. What you just did is said, I'm going to sell to you, then I've got to wait for a response. The response you're normally going to get is not interested or negative, especially if they've got a relationship someplace else. I would say uh, go back uh, and, and, tr and try to pretend that first call didn't exist. <laughs> okay? And you're going to go back and you're, you're going to bring something of value. I'm big on leaving articles. Uh, Maybe I've got some information about their industry. Uh, a company we use a lot is called Construction Journal, uh, where we know when the bids are coming out. I might be able to go to that company, as I say, it's a plumber, and I know that there's a big construction job coming up, and they're going to be looking for plumbers to do installations. Then I might bring them a bid and say, hey, this bid's going out. I thought you guys might be interested. So think about reapproaching it, but reapproaching it with value, because if you think about it, you gave them what was valuable to you. Hey, we think this is great. We think this is great. The second thing, uh, the next time you do that, approach it with questions instead of telling them. So you can go back, if you can get back in the door, and, and hit it with questions. Uh, an example, I might, wanna, uh, I might know that they've got over 15 vehicles, and uh, I can get them a fleet account number. And I, I go to the, the website, and I look them up, 
and it tells if they've got a fan number or they don't have a fan number. Let's say they don't. And I know that I could possibly get them a fan number. And if I have to, we don't like to push them toward fleet unless we absolutely have to. We'd rather keep them small commercial. Uh, but if I can, then I'm going to introduce that with questions. Hey, are you guys aware of the discounts that are available based on the number of vehicles you got? They're always going to say, no, I'm not aware because they don't have a fan number. So obviously they're not aware. Uh, well, you know, you could be saving substantially. I never tell them how much. Uh, and I'm also, when I, when I approach them that way, I'm also going to make sure there aren't any other retail incentives that are available or uh, incentives available through uh, a business link program or that are available through business elite. So I come armed with value versus no value. That makes sense. Yes. Uh, and also, if there's things that your dealership does, when we go into a dealership, we advocate that they have a pickup and delivery service where we'll bring your vehicle in, service it, and take it back to you. And there are some great programs out there, uh, uh, programs like Fleet Elite or Fleet Track, if it's a GM uh, dealer, and there are programs with the uh, Chrysler dealerships as well. So make sure you know those programs forward and backward. Uh, you can also add value by understanding how track leasing works. Most, uh, most businesses have never been approached with a great product, and that's track leasing, which we call a commercial open-ended lease. But never sell it by telling, bill questions. Lines of credit, they've probably never been approached in a line of credit. That's more value we can add. So I would say be prepared to go back in, ask questions about their business, focus on them, and, and stick with value versus here are the wonderful things we can do for you. So change your approach. We'll do that uh, when I'm there in a couple of weeks, and we'll go out and make some calls together. And, and I'll, you'll see me and what I do on that, and then just follow my lead after that. Sounds good, Ken. All right. All right. Thank, Thank you. you. All right. Good morning, Ken. Good morning. How Hi. are you today? Great. Helen with Capital Chevrolet. So when you look at the people who are the most successful in the commercial sales side, what habits do you see that they have in common? Uh, first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to eliminate one group, and that's uh, that's guys like Dale. <laughs> Dale's here with us today. The reason I'm eliminating Dale because he's very experienced. He's built his business over a long period of time, and he's a great relationship builder. So, uh, you know, we don't guys like Dale. We don't want out making sales calls. Uh, we want him taking care of the customers he's got. But for someone who's newer like you and and to build value, uh, the biggest thing you can do is really uh, focus on what's important to the customer. We mentioned WIIFM, their favorite radio station, what's mm -hmm. in it for me. We want to find out everything we can about them. So if you'll take that first call guide form that I've gotten uh, on your flash drive, what you're really after is not about selling trucks. What you're really after is how many relationships can I build, what kind of value can I offer and then it'll start coming around. It takes a little bit longer that way, mm -hmm. but it is such a powerful way to do it. If you and I made sales calls together, the probably surprising thing you would see on a sales call that I, it's the first time sales call that I start out, it's all about them. I talk very little. I do a lot of questions. Tell me about your business. Uh, how did you get started? They love to tell you their story. Uh, so what are some of the obstacles that you currently face in your business? How do you market? Uh, do you have an outside sales team? And what do they do and how big a geographic territory do you cover with? What are some of the biggest issues you face in your particular industry? We have a whole set of questions. They like answering those questions. And what happens at some point, 
they start asking you questions. And that's when the turning point takes place. And then you start building it. Be patient, I will tell you that, because it is a process. And unfortunately, a lot of dealerships don't understand that. It's like, wow, uh, you made a sales call today. Where's the sale? <laughs> and probably some experienced guys like Paul Ryan and others in the room could tell you that you know that's a struggle with dealerships. Uh, especially the, the general managers are the worst. You, know, you went out and made sales calls. Where's the sale? It's a process. And uh, like I uh, mentioned earlier in this broadcast, keep your dealership informed of all the things you're doing because your activity has value to the dealership. The other thing, if the dealership doesn't understand, tell them that you would love to set up a conference call between me and your dealership so they can ask any question they want. I've had a lot of success in talking to GMs and dealer principals about why this process is so different. And they don't typically understand that. But when it's an outside source, it just has more power. So please feel free to call on me as well to help me with your dealership. Great. Thank okay. you so much. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure. All right. Great. Uh, Thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, if you've got additional questions that you might have, feel free uh, to email me at ken at coachkentaylor.com, C-O-A-C-H, my name, kentaylor.com, and we'll be glad to answer your questions in a future podcast. Thanks for being with us today, and uh, go ahead and sell something. Thank you. <laughs>